G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, December 9. I am John Barker. Carl is on leave at the moment, but uh, joining me once again is Joel Marshall. And Joel, a big weekend of racing on both coasts in Australia and later on uh, in Hong Kong. Indeed, Barks. Yeah, there's plenty happening. We're uh, into the second week of December and yeah, it just seems like these carnivals keep on going. But uh, good to see Ballarat uh, get their chance to shine and some big fields as is the norm for their big cup day program. And also uh, Sydney just continues to roll on with the Ingham. Uh, you're wondering when these horses are going to stop turning up. But uh, I guess $2 million on the offer and the Randwick Mile always attracts a big field. And it has, again, 20 plus for emergency. So looking forward to that clash. And as you said, uh, the action continues right through the weekend with the big Hong Kong action on Sunday and plenty to keep uh, the Australian fans in interested into that, albeit uh, with no uh, runners over there this year. But uh, obviously the Cox Plate winner, uh, we get to see go round again and James McDonald, who uh, just continues to ride up a storm over there. No doubt he will have uh, plenty of Aussies tuning in. Yeah, it seemed like a couple of months ago uh, the talk was that we would have a decent representation in uh, Hong Kong. What happened? Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I just, there's just, I think, the, you know, with our carnivals going longer and longer and, um, you know, there's there's just that much money around over here. I think, I don't know, maybe the lure of, of Hong Kong's, um, yeah, lost its, lost its touch a little bit. I think Mr. Brightside was one that was sort of being hinted at going over, obviously, with the Hayes connection would have made it quite easy for him to slot in over there. But um, probably just came to the end of that long prep there during Cup Week. So, yeah, it's a bit, bit disappointing. It's always good to see uh, an Aussie horse go over there and, and clash. We saw uh, Laws of Indices, who you know, by, no, by no means is one of, our, one, of the, one of our sort of top class gallopers. He went over last year and proved very competitive uh, running a place on uh, on their big day so it can be done and it would yeah it would have been good to see someone take up the challenge all right well uh, we will get to that because uh, we'll go through joel's previews of the four big races on sunday uh the end of our saturday preview and we'll start saturday at royal randwick where as you mentioned the big race is the villiers the former villiers stakes now called the ingham and it's worth two million bucks these days here is a 10-race card, and uh, the first of the black type events, uh, a restricted listed race anyway, is the English Nursery. That's race 5,000 metres, set weights for two-year-olds, and it's worth 500000 Yeah, we've seen a handful of these, and the rest of them... Um, uh, we've seen a handful of these on race day, I should say, and the rest of them were just uh, sort of working off... Trials and jump outs. Uh, there was little between Blue Stratham and Odinson when they clashed in the Maribyrnong Plate during Melbourne Cup week. I was with Odinson there. I uh, thought he'd be hard to beat off some nice jump outs. He ran well. He was a touch green. I'm sure he would have uh, improved a lot with that experience. He's drawn wide, but I'm going to stick with him. Over the 1,000 metres to beat two, Blue Stratham. Uh, in for third, I've got number 12, Saturn Stiletto, who's also an acceptor in Brisbane. Uh, they picked her up pretty cheaply uh, in hindsight, 100000 for a written tycoon who uh, and they're making plenty of money and all of a sudden she's a half-sister to the Group 1 Coolmore runner-up, I Am Unstoppable. So uh, Connections, I think, have done well with her and she has trialled up quite nicely to say that she has some talent 
and four sacred fort. I've got in for fourth. Uh, him and Deep Joy, the, the other two Mario Eustace runners, both come through a seven-horse race uh, over 900 at Newcastle. Deep Joy was able to run on and win. Sacred Fort was also doing his best work late. And so, yeah, I've just lent his way uh, at a bit of value to throw into fourth. But three on top from 2.12 and four. Race six at Royal Rambic on Saturday, the Max Brenner Santa Cup. Uh, listed quality over 2,000 metres, previously known as the Christmas Cup. Yeah, I'm going to go with number four, Baby Rider here. I went with him in the Beaufort the other day, and I, one query was whether he was a run short going to the 2300 third up. He lobbed into a pretty good spot, but then there was some more speed injected mid-race, and I think it just took the gas out of him a little bit. He batted on quite well for fifth. He comes back to 2,000 metres. I guess that could be a bit of a query, but uh, I don't think it'll be too much of a concern. I could see him lobbing into a pretty good forward spot here, uh, getting a nice card across from I'm in to win who's your likely leader. And at 30 to 1 plus, I'm, yeah, I'm willing to, to go in each way with him. I thought his second up run in the Rosehill Cup was very good. So four on top uh, of eight toes on the nose, who just continues to race well. Uh, he went from a midway to a 78 last week. This is harder again, but he gets nice weight relief. In for third, number five, Foxy Cleopatra. Uh, not sure where she's going. I suspect she may be staying at Ballarat uh, for the Cup. Uh, but in any case, I've got her in for third here. And nine, I'm in to win. Likely leader. Only having his third run in Australia. He was impressive first up over 15. Went to 18.50. That's a little bit disappointing not to win there. as a warm favourite. But I think the step up in trip will suit him. Four on top from eight, five and nine. The big one at Royal Randwick on Saturday is race seven. First leg of the quaddy. It is the Ingham. It is a quality over 1,600 metres at Group 2 level, and it is worth $2 million, as you mentioned, 20 to face the starter. Yeah, and, you know, you can make cases for plenty of... Really sort of narrowed it down to five key chances, and that's all I'll be taking in my quality. There's a couple of the, the leading fancies that I'll be risking, but uh, I'll come up with number 19, Lions Raw. Now, he hasn't won since March 2021. Long time, over a 1,000 days. Of course, that was when he won the Group 1 Randwick Guineas. Uh, he did spend 12 months on the sidelines in that time. Uh, he's come back. He came back last, uh, this time last year, and had a couple of runs with just so-so. But then he really improved and ran second in this race, beaten by his stable mate, uh, who goes around again in this race in Kerwin's Lane. Uh, his winter prep was okay. Struck a couple of wet tracks, and he's come back this time in, and I reckon he's going really well. He's drew gates 10, 14, and 20. His last three runs. He had 62 kilos in the little dance. It was a huge performance to flash home for second. He drops to 53 and a half, so he drops in weight on last year's effort, and he comes up with a good gate barrier five. He was $26 earlier in the week, which I thought was really good overs. He's 8.50 now. You might be a bit overplayed, but he's on top for me. Uh, from 14 Charterhouse, I'll certainly be backing him again. He was good to us in the Cranbourne Cup last start, and he was six weeks between runs there. I think he's still on the way up. I can't see why he's $26. He has drawn a touch wide, but I think he's way over the odds. Uh, old mate Waterford, just he did settle closer the other day from gate two, which I thought he would, but I'm not sure what happened in the middle stages. He all of a sudden just lost his spot, just dropped back two lengths, and, and that was game over. Uh, they finally tried something, put the blinkers on here, so that might do the trick. Uh, he goes in for third. Attractable in for fourth, number 10, the big dance winner. Puts himself on speed, can make his own luck. And the other horse I'll be including is Rustic Steel. I thought he might have just been one run short last week. He learned to win and didn't quite finish off. But 
he'll be fitter now, 1,600 suits, and he draws the inside. So a couple of the shorties that I'm risking, Detonator Jack, up in weight, wider gate off last start. He's certainly a chance, uh, but I'll be leaving him out of my quaddy. And Osipenko, he's got a tough gig out there in 20. Uh, will probably be gate 20. Um, so he's going to need a fair bit of luck. But I'm with Lions Raw, also backing Charterhouse, 19, 14, 18, 10. Second leg of the quaddy at Randwick and last of the black type races is race eight, racing and sports, razor sharp, handicap, 1,200 metre, listed quality. Yeah, still no jockey listed for with your blessing here. Uh, he was a, a dual acceptor. He had Josh Parr on in the 1,100 metre race earlier in the day. I do think this 1,200 race suits better, but uh, no jockey booked as yet. Uh, he was good at his first couple of runs, and then the blinkers went on. He jumped quickly, found the front, controlled the race, and vaulted in at Kemba last start. He dropped from 59.5 to 53. may not get control, but I think he's a horse on the up and is worth sticking with. I think five recommendations the hardest to beat, and I'll be skinning this leg up on my quaddy and just taking that pair. Uh, he was a good second, two runs back over the 1,100, came back to the 1,000 at the Kembla, battled on quite well behind Insurrection. I like the step back up to 1,200 and the blinkers going back on. Insurrection just has to tick this 1,200-metre box. He's a very sharp, short courser. He improved nicely second up. He's been placed a few times at the trip, but just has to... Uh, you know, knock a win off for, at this longer distance and six why ha ha falls. Very smart when right, uh, but he is becoming a little bit hard to catch. Ten, five, three, six. All right. As I mentioned, that wraps up the black type at Randwick, but your and your value bet was in the Ingham. That's race seven, number 19, Lions Raw. We haven't heard about your best, which is in the third leg of the quarter, race nine, the Jack Ingham AO Handicap. A 1,600-metre benchmark, 78. Yeah, I guess the query with this guy, uh, this guy is that, uh, you know, they've probably got bigger fish to fry, but he, he resumes first up from a spell. I speak of Aristonis, uh, number five here from the Annabelle Nisham Yard. Uh, what he did in his first Australian campaign, I thought was very promising. He won at Newcastle first up, didn't beat a lot, but really finished off strongly under a big weight and then came straight to town and won at Randwick, finished off well again under a big weight. Uh, his next two runs didn't have a lot go right for him when fourth at Caulfield and third at Rose Hill. So he's had two trials. His latest run, he really hit the, the line nicely. Gets a couple of kilos off for Jet Stanley in with 57 and a half and just hoping he can sit back and power over the top of them late. Um, I think he's certainly the best horse in the race. It's just, I think we're going to keep an eye on the market and uh, just see that he's um, you know, sort of holding his line. I think he's around 650 at the moment. So you know, if he was to sort of edge out to $10, you'd probably be a, a little bit concerned. But if he holds his place in the market, um, that'll suggest he's there to run well, and I think he'll be very hard to beat. All righty. Ballarat is the venue for Victoria's Metro Racing on Saturday, and uh, that's because it's a Ballarat Cup day. As you said, big fields through the day, and the main race is race eight, the Ballarat Cup itself. It's over 2,000 metres these days, a listed handicap worth half a million. How did you see it? Yeah, well, uh, I was tipping Wicklow at a bit of a price. Obviously, he is uh, staying in Sydney, and he, he's the chance in the race he's in in Sydney. But um, so, yeah, I, I, I had him on top, and I was going to bet him each way. It left me with uh, the mayor, Foxy Cleopatra, who, as we discussed earlier, still entered for Sydney uh, for that. Santa Cup and also an emergency for the Ingham. 
Uh, but I suspect they'll stay here. She's had two runs back from a spell. Both have been excellent. Uh, it was a 12-month uh, layoff too. Um, she hit the line ha- uh, hard at Flemington first up during Cup Week, went to the Cranbourne Cup. Just seemed to be uh, sort of hit a bit of a flat spot at the, I suppose, the six 700 and Charterhouse was following her. He had to come around her and then they really both surged late and and she was just sort of just edged out. So she's had the two runs back. Uh, always a, a little bit of a query going straight to 2000 third up off, uh, off just that one mile run. I guess that would be the a little bit of a query, but I think she's uh, showed this time in that she's a pretty smart mare and has plenty of upside. So I'll go with her to beat number 11, Red Sun Sensation, who I've been uh, frustratingly with most of this campaign. He just hasn't been able to knock one off, but he's been racing very consistently. Uh, I'm sure he'll be thereabouts again. And then back up towards the top, one young Verta. His uh, last run says he's going to be very hard to beat here. Third in the Group 1 champion stakes behind a tissue. And in for fourth, uh, we'll go last week's winner, Just Folk. Very fit. Third run in as many weeks. Uh, not sure about 2,000. Now, I thought he had every chance last week at 1,800 and he fell in. Uh, so I guess that's the query. But uh, he's hard fit and drawn well. He'll give you a good sight. 8, 11, 1 and 2. Uh, yeah, I am a fan, uh, have been for some time, of Captain Envious. Reckon he's going to get away with one of those decent races one day. He's very consistent. Uh, his only run here at Ballarat was a second in the Golden Mile um, to Ascension. Uh, that was over 1,600. This is uh, more his go. Um, soft track, if it does rain, isn't going to uh, worry him, which is predicted for Friday and Saturday. And uh, I just thought uh, with his consistency, each way was the way to go. With Captain Envious to beat Young, Verta, Foxy, Cleopatra and Ain't No Deal Done. We probably won't want it wet. 10, 1, 8 and 4 and Captain Envious was my value bet for the day. Talk us through your specials at Ballarat, Joel. Uh, yeah, I've made my value bet. Race 6, number 12, Oceans Above. I uh, tipped him at Cranbourne. Uh, second up and just feared that he was probably going to be a run short. And he was. He was out the back and sort of the race passed him by. Uh, but his last uh, little bit was really solid work. So now third up, blinkers on, and I reckon he's ready to win. And my best bet, well, it's a similar case with my Sydney best bet. I'm with an Annabelle Nation import resuming from a spell in his second Australian campaign. And the market's going to tell us a lot. He's drawn wide, number 16, Space Tracker. Uh, but his trials in Sydney have been good. Uh, he was given a good hit out last start. Just looks like there was intent to have him ready to run a good race first up. He's won two from three first up. Uh, his first run in Australia was a good third at Rose Hill. He then ran second to a tractable. I think that's a pretty good form line for a race of this class. So, again, we're watching the betting to uh, before we're stepping in with a stack of confidence, but I think he's a really good horse and uh, for... Uh, all things even, he gets a bit of luck. Hopefully, they're coming down the outside at this stage of the day. I think they might be. It'll be hard to hold out. Uh, and my best on the program, which is probably a bit ambitious to make your best in a race where there's five first starters, uh, but it's race two, number seven, Arabian Summer in the Magic Millions Ballarat two-year-old classic uh, with the powerful local stable of the McAvoys. And uh, I think they will have been targeting this race all along and certainly... Uh, the last start, Group 3, third, uh, with Eniza there second and franking the form out of that race um, on Oaks Day at Flemington. 
suggests that Arabian Summer is going to be pretty hard to beat in this 1,000-metre set weights affair from a cosy barrier seven. So that is race two, number seven, and my value bet was in the cup, race eight, number 10. Captain Envious, there is a black-type race over at Morfordville as well, where they're racing on the course proper. And it is race eight, the Adelaide Galvanising Industries Christmas Handicap, a listed event over 1,200. Did you have a look at that, Joel? Yeah, I did, Barks. Uh, I went with number eight, Prairie Flower, who's also an acceptor for her home course at Ballarat on Saturday. I've tipped her in both races. Um, no jockey here suggests they're probably staying at home. But in any case, I've got her on top for now. I think she's a talented mare and she's come back really well. They took her across the border for, uh, to try and get some black type last prep and uh, she was sort of on their heels, fifth in the Nana High, fourth in the Nitschke. Uh, that was, those efforts were sandwiched around a, a win at Morfordville. She's come back this time in, two really good runs, Seymour and Flemington. And she's a good price. I, I don't think she'd be out of place if they elect to make the trip over. Uh, if she's not there, I'm left with number 11, Walken Jaja. Very impressive again last start. She's doing everything well this time in. Three starts, three wins. Drops in weight for the tougher contest, but I think black type is well within her grasp. Five validated, another back marker, uh, as is Orkin Jaja. So they'll, they're both drawn wide. They're going to get back. Uh, you're going to be looking for a run-on uh, type of race. He is a very talented horse on his day. And 13, walk like an angel, makes up my top four. The three-year-old filly. Uh, she was okay first up, but then just went to a new level next start. Very impressive. Uh, this is obviously harder, but, um, yeah, they're trying to get some black tight while she's up and going and and clearly in good form. Uh, if Prairie Flower's not there, my uh, other pick that I would uh, elevate would be number seven, Magic Max. Uh, Prairie Flower was my value bet if she's there, and my best bet for Morfordville is race six, number eight, Humboldt. Uh, this former Kiwi's had two runs for the Michael Hickmott stable. One of those was last week. Settled back with one behind him and really ran on strongly for second. So I like the quick backup. That was a pleasing performance. I think he's ready to win third up. Alrighty, Eagle Farm is the venue for Brisbane racing on Saturday. There's a bit of black type up there. Have you had a look at those, Joel? I have indeed, Bucks. Alrighty, well, we'll start in race three, and there's only five left in it. So there's two listed races for two-year-olds as we uh, head towards the Magic Millions Classic. The first of them is race three, Eureka Stud, Feel and Ready for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings. Set weights, 1,000 metres, and uh, as I mentioned, there's only the five left in it. Yeah, and he, he opened a dollar ten number one spy wire, which is uh, ridiculously short. I can only imagine he's shorter now with scratchings. Um, as I look, in fact, he's drifted to a dollar twelve. So I don't know what's happened there, but he is, uh, yeah, probably going to win. Uh, impressive on debut at Rose Hill, and just needs to hold that form. Uh, two Mashani Explorer in for second, five Bo Dazzler for third, and four Mashani Hercules for fourth. But we'll just watch that race. And the Phillies version is probably a bit more interesting because you've got uh, ten at this stage and five of them. Uh, first starters, and uh, the rest of them have all shown a bit as well. Race four is the Aqua Stallions Callaway Gal, 1,000 metres, uh, well, same conditions, but fillies. Yeah, certainly a fair bit uh, more interest in this race, I would have thought, and, and particularly uh, for me, because I'm going to make uh, my best for the day in this race. I like number one, Carlisi, 
she did a good job on debut at Eagle Farm. She drew barrier 10. They went back. Uh, only had one behind her come into the turn, but she really sustained a, a long run to get up and win. Uh, so she's drawn a little bit better. Her recent trial, she sat on speed, showed a bit more pace. So I don't think she needs to be as far back as what she was the other day. And, yeah, I think she's going to be very hard to beat and can beat the favourite number five, Barbie's sister. Uh, of course, the uh, sister to Outback Barbie. She showed good speed on debut. The, the horse that went with her faded out of it. She stuck on well, but was just left a bit of a sitting shot for the winner. Uh, she'll take benefit out of that. And then I've got a couple of debutants next in nine, Satin Stiletto, uh, the half to I Am Unstoppable that we spoke about earlier, also in, in Sydney, and eight, Naughty Nurse by Russian Revolution out of the handyman Nurse Kitchen, uh, who got over further, uh, but this girl showed a bit of speed in her trials. One on top from five, nine and eight. Race six at Eagle Farm on Saturday, Sky Racing Bribey Handicap, lifted quality over 1,000 metres. Yeah, I've gone with number five, Mabel, here. Perhaps I've always sort of underrated her, but I think she might have gone to the next level with that first up win at Kembla Grange. It was only a, a benchmark 78, and it was on wet ground, and uh, perhaps wasn't the strongest race, but gee, it was a strong win. Just came right away, and, and she can do that. If she's just held up for that last run over these short trips, she's got a very potent finish. And from gate one, she's going to be buried away. She's going to need a bit of luck. Um and as I said, you know, I, I do grant that this is a stronger race than she tackled first up, but I think it's a good placement from Tracy Bartley, who we know can travel his horses with success. So I'm going to go with five Mabel to beat two shooting for gold. He's another that'll just be buried from that inside draw barrier two and be savaging the line. Uh, one Prince of Boom, obvious excuses first up when dropping right out with the cardiac arrhythmia, so he can bounce back without surprising, and nine situation room another that's drawn well and should get a good run five from two one and nine the other black type race at eagle farm on saturday is the first leg of the quaddy race seven ladbrokes just now 1300 meter listed quality for fillies and mares yeah the market will be well worth watching here but i've put number 11 sakura girl on top the former kiwi now with peter robel who does train for these hong kong connections uh, she came over from new zealand for a a crack at the Queensland winter. She was placed in the Roses and then got galloped on where she, when she drew wide in the Queensland Oaks. Had a few excuses there. Still beat quite a few home. Uh, she's a talented girl. Interested to see just how sharp she is for this 1300 first up. But as I said, the market watch. And uh, I think she's good enough to run well. Three, better get set. Won this race last year and she was excellent first up. Will be hard to beat. Uh, two extremists. Very consistent. Just need a bit of luck from the gate. And four, S on A. Uh, she's got two duck eggs next to her name, but I think she's going better than that. We saw her come up to Queensland and win a stakes race last time in. 11 on top from three, two and four. And though not a black type race, one of the more interesting races is the second leg of the Quaddy race eight, the Star Gateway with a ticket to the Stradbroke available. And uh, there's going to be 16, well, 16 at this stage facing the Star and seven of them are from Tony Gollan. Yeah, it's a bit interesting what they've done this year with the Gateway. So the winner not necessarily goes to the Stradbroke, but uh, gets the slot and they can do a deal with another horse and um, get get that horse into the Stradbroke. So, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting concept, the way they've gone this year. Tony Gollan's uh, thrown plenty of ammo at it, seven runners, and he'll have the favourite in number five, Freedom Rally, who I've got in for second. I've gone with number 13, Ekaterina. She's drawn badly, but I like the return to Eagle Farm for her. She's a really good mare on her day. 
We saw that when she won second up and third up. She then went back to Doombin. She dropped back from 1,400 to 1,200, uh, went to Doombin, settled back, and just never really got into the race. She looked disappointing, but I'm willing to forgive that as she's won five of 10 at Eagle Farm. Uh, like Martin Harley, he's a good jockey and he's patient. Hopefully, he just finds the right horse to follow and she'll be storming home late. Uh, five in for second. Freedom Rally hit the line well first up behind The Face, who has won again since. Six, Dream Hour. Blinkers go on third up. He was a winner first up on the Kenzo before missing out at Rose Hill. I like his form last prep around Aristonis and Redina. And in for fourth, number four, Count de Beans, who finished fourth in that same race as Freedom Rally and didn't have a lot of luck in the straight. 13 from five, six and four, uh, as I touched on. Uh, race four, number one in the Callaway Gel, which was Khaleesi as my best and my value. Uh, we'll make that a Katarina race eight, number 13. All right, across the Nullarbor, we are uh, thinking week three or possibly four of the Pinnacles Carnival, nearly at an end. The uh, comes to an end with the Damien Oliver Gold Rush next week. But this week's Group 1 is Race 8, Drum and Golf Northerly Stakes, 1,800 metres. Wait for age, and uh, it is worth one and a half million. And uh, there's a very, very short one here. Joel, in Zaki, I can tell you my fun facts about the uh, Northerly. Three-year-olds have won 19 of the 47, which is a massive success rate um, for three-year-olds uh, in a middle-distance wait-for-age race in Australia. In the past 16 years, six favourites and two equal favourites have won the Northerly, so good news there, I suppose, for Zaki. But Stratum Star in 2016 is the only Northerly Stakes winner since credit account 30 years ago to go without a lead-up run in WA. Four of the past nine winners have jumped from barrier one and three of the past six have jumped from barrier eight, which uh, means at the moment the ones that have got those lucky ones are the local Dom to shoot has got barrier one and barrier eight is with uh, one of the three-year-olds here in a lot of good men and my other fun fact is that only three of the past 19 winners have come off a last start finish worse than fourth. But Zaki um, is coming off a last start fourth. Um, the other fun fact, I guess, is that uh, no horse over the age of seven has won this. Zaki is nine, although he's really only eight. Um, but he's a lot older than the next oldest winner, of this race, are you with the fairly warm favourite Zaki? Uh, look, no, I'm, I'm going to same plan of attack as as what was the railway, um, and um, sort of you know a two bet strategy, and and staying with one of those and and hopping off another. I was with Tricks of the Trade in the railway, and I think he should have won. It was it was a hard watch. He was held up badly and pushed into the rail and, and he still got out late and just missed third. It was a terrific effort. I think he should have gone very close to winning. Uh, he ran in this race last year. He drew 15, got back to last, ran on, beaten just over two lengths. He's not going to get that far back from a middle draw, or gate seven. And I think that railway run proved that, you know, those first two runs this prep were just sort of tune-up runs, getting ready for this, for these sort of big races. And, yeah, he's nineteen dollars, so you know you can back him each way, and I think he'll he'll run really well. 
the other one that I'll be having uh, something on is the three-year-old uh, that you mentioned from Barrier 8 in A Lot of Good Men. Uh, he was very strong home in the WA Guineas behind Zip Away, uh, the other three-year-old lining up here. And, yeah, he was the one that I had a bit of a preference for of the three-year-olds. I've got Zaki in for third. I'll box him up in the exotics. He's, you know, he probably wins this race um, if all things are equal. Uh, but, you know, like you said, no lead-up run over in the West, and you just never know with these older horses that go over there these days. They're a bit hit and miss. They clearly deserves to be favourite, but, um, yeah, I'd rather back a couple of others and maybe just include him in exotics. And in for fourth, uh, I've left out Bustler, who was the other one I, I liked in the railway, and he, he won that race. So I've just promoted number 11, El Safina, who was runner-up in the railway. I thought she was excellent there. Uh, Blinkers come off. Um think she'll really run out the 1800 strongly she's already won over that distance so i've put her in for fourth but two two and 16 are the, are the bets for me and then one and 11. uh yeah saki uh, just you know two dollars forty just ludicrously short in my book cascadian we you might remember um started at three dollars twenty uh in this race last year and ran fourth to Amelia's jewel, I mean, I know, I mean, you know, two dollars five. I suppose two dollars forty means still means he's less likely to win, uh, you know, more likely to lose than win at two dollars forty. But uh, it is a very short price in a sixteen-horse field. I would have thought the other black-type race at Ascot on Saturday, Tab Touch GA Towton Cup. That is a twenty-two hundred meter listed race, which is uh, a Perth Cup lead-up. And our man Hoops likes number three Atlantis Beach to beat eight Queen Alina. Four Black Fantasy and two another Chino, and Atlantis Beach Race four number three is Hoops's value bet on the program. His best race seven number ten Hanchi. Earlier in the day across the Tasman Joel, they are racing at Trentham and Pukekohe. Uh, yeah, and Trentham have a Group One, uh, formerly the Captain Cook Stakes, as most people would know it as, but nowadays called the Tab Classic. Uh, wait for age group one over the mile, race eight on the card, and I'll be number 14, Malt Time. Made her my best of the day. Uh, she's a talented mare. She was group one placed through the Hastings Carnival, uh, had a forgive run after that, and then last start bounced back with a, a strong performance to run third. Barrier one, she'll get a lovely trip. Exciting for apprentice rider Lily Sutherland to pick up the ride with Vinnie Colgan electing to stick with Desert Lightning, who came up with gate 16. Uh, so Malt Time on top, Aegon, horse we know well. He just never has much luck in these big races. But, uh, barrier 17, so he's going to need plenty to go right, but clearly on his best form he can win. 13, Fashion Shoot, the informed Tiakao Mare, and 11, Desert Lightning round out my top four for the group one. Uh, Malt Time, my best, as I said, and my value was in race nine, number 12, Sequoia Star. Two runs back from a spell have been good. Nice improvement last start, uh, ran on well to finish second. Third up, just looks ready to go close. And at Pukekohe, my best is race seven, number five, Apache Ann. She was our best a couple of weeks ago, and she ran on really strongly from last. Just missed picking up her stable mate. Uh, third up from a good gate, she'll get every chance to go one better. And my value bet is race nine, number 11, Burgundy If, who's had three runs this time in, finished third over 1,100 first up, which... Uh, looked like being far too short for her, but she ran out of her skin. And her next two runs, she's been beaten a length in finishing fifth. So it's probably getting towards D-Day. She needs to really step up and, and put herself right in the finish here. Uh, but I think she can. Fourth up, 
there's a bit of depth to this race, but I think she does look ready to go close. Yeah, I just think it's, uh, you know, she's getting towards D-Day for this girl now. She's been thereabouts, knocking on the door, fourth up, no excuses. She really does look close to winning. All righty, that wraps up Saturday. We'll head across to Sunday where it is International Day at Hong Kong, which happens to be on page 112 of your online winning post. And the first of the four international races is going to be race four, we believe. Uh, be sure to check your local guides uh, for um, times, TAB numbers and all that sort of stuff. But it's the Longines Hong Kong Vars. Uh, group one, naturally enough, weight for age, 2,400 metres, and it's worth about 4.66 Aussie dollars. Yeah, well, this was the race I had uh, most confidence in. And with the the Japanese big gun, Sharia, who would have been favourite, uh, being a late withdrawal just before fields were declared on Thursday afternoon, it's made me even more confident about my top pick on with the Aidan O'Brien trained uh, Philly Warm Heart by Galileo out of Seaside and that former smart sprinter, uh, Group 1 winning sprinter in Australia. Uh, she's done a really good job this season. She's won a couple of times at Group 1 level in the UK and then went to the Breeders' Cup Phillies and Mares Turf and was being hailed the winner until Inspiral, uh, the older mare with Frankie Dottoria board, just uh, ran by her with a devastating turn of foot. I thought it was a terrific run. Uh, back out to 2,400. She's a tough filly. I think she'll be pretty hard to beat. Five West Wind Blows. Be interesting to see how he goes for James McDonald. Uh, of course, we saw him run second in the Turnbull, second in the Caulfield Cup, and then uh, that bit of a, a mishap where he was slow to begin and rushed forward and then weakened out in the champion stakes at Flemington. So um, I'm sure he'll run well. Eight, Leban still. Uh, Japan still have a big hope in the race with this guy. He's the three-year-old Joe Marrera to ride. He's very lightly raced, but he won a Group 2 last start and certainly looks very smart. And three, Zafiro, uh, the other Japanese raider with Damien Lane to ride in for fourth. Race five at Chartin on Sunday, Longines Hong Kong Sprint. This one's over 1,200 metres. It's worth roughly five million Aussie dollars. This is the one that was sort of dominated well. You know, certainly Australian horses used to be very hard to beat in this, but that was a long time ago. But the Aussie breads still go well. And indeed, there's four of the 10 runners are Aussie breads here. Uh, but there's one uh, or there's two New Zealand breads and uh, one of them's a fairly warm favourite and you're with that horse. Yeah, I'm with Lucky Swain S. He started a, a warm favourite, $1.90 last year and was disappointing, finishing sixth uh, behind Wellington, who's a key rival here. Uh, since then, he's been, well, he was unbeatable um, earlier this year. He won six in a row, odds on every time, uh, apart from one of those, uh, when he beat California Spangle with plenty of horses, plenty of uh, judges giving that horse a, a strong hope. And he's come back this time in off the break, and he was rolled his first two at a dollar twenty and a dollar forty uh, by Victor, the winner and site success, who were both here. But it didn't deter punters from backing him again. Third up was a dollar thirty, and he finally got the job done. So I think they've just probably been timing their run a bit better this year, and I'm hoping that's the case anyway. He's got that. 
that win on the board now, uh, third up, and yeah, I think he's the one to beat. From six, Victor the winner, uh, two Wellington, and four, site success. Race seven at Sha Tin on Sunday, Longines Hong Kong Mile, as the name suggests, it's over 1,600 metres. Weight for age group one, of course, worth about 6.2 million Aussie. Yeah, an exciting race because we get to see Golden 60 have a second crack at winning three of these. He tried last year and came up short when finishing second to California Spangle. Uh, came back, uh, well, uh, continued on with that preparation earlier this year and, and went bang, bang, bang and won three in a row. And now he's tackling this first up, so it's a bit of a task. Um, he's going to be short favourite and hard to beat. I am going to, however, go with one of the Japanese runners. There's a few here. Uh, but number four is uh, Seraphos, the four-year-old with Yuga Kawada in the saddle. Uh, he was second in the Yasuda Kinan uh, earlier this year. Now, he has had a first-up run. That was in the mile championship at uh, Kyoto last month. And he was wide on speed, had a tough run. He was right there until the 100. And then the swoopers got to him. So I think he'll be fitter for that. And he is the one with a bit of improvement in him. I'm going to back him each way. From one golden 60, seven beauty eternal, another strong hope for the locals, and then another Japanese runner who ran well this day last year, number three, Dan on the Kid. And the big one at Sha Tin in Hong Kong on Sunday, race eight, Longines Hong Kong Cup. And this one is over 2,000 metres. It is uh, worth about 7 million Aussie. And uh, we see the Cox Plate winning team of Romantic Warrior and James McDonald dominate the betting. Yeah, hard to tip against as long as he's handled the, the travel back and forth. Um, he was such a big winner last year and, and yeah, certainly has improved since then. So I would have thought the others would need to have really upped their game. Uh, I'm guessing that Prognosis, the Japanese horse, is... Uh, probably the, the likely one to give him a bit of a fright. He chased him home in the QE2 Cup back in April. And uh, since then, he's a Group 2 winner and placed in the 10-0 show behind Equinox. So he's got that elite form. And I'm guessing if, um, you know, Romantic Warrior is a little bit below par, then Prognosis might be the one to take advantage of that. Uh, in for third, I have the French visitor Horizon Door, number 11, and then the Coolmore Horse, number one, Luxembourg. All righty. That wraps up a big Sunday uh, in Hong Kong. So that, um, that last race, as far as we know, is at around about 20 to 8 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So that is going to make for a big Sunday if you are also following the uh, meetings that you got full form for in your winning post earlier in the day, which include the Cup days at Werribee and Terralgan, but it brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters Lazy Lobsters Lazy Lobsters Lazy Lobsters Uh, well, I, overdue, got back on the board last week, but um, just picking up the ones and twos with Miraval Rosé uh, wasn't a massive price, but then again, um, was uh, a winner's a winner. And 
unfortunately, not an overall profit, but we're still well in front for the season. Uh, we'll give Carl a spell this week. I am going to go to Ballarat and have $10 each way on Captain Envious, who uh, I have, in fact, backed before on this. In fact, backed in place only, which was a, a great bet at the carnival a couple of years ago. And, uh, or in fact, might have been, we would have been last year's carnival and uh, did quite well to uh, run third at a decent price. So that is race eight, number 10 at Ballarat, Captain Envious. Your lazy lobster for this week, Joel. Uh, yeah, I thought I'd stick with the the running double, although we didn't nail it last week. And we'll go in Sydney, race seven, 14 and 19, uh, which is Charterhouse and Lions Raw, into race eight, five and 10. Recommendation and with your blessing. Okay, there you have it. Uh, leads to something to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. All the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday, including Joel's uh, Hong Kong previews. All your favourite features, plenty of good reading besides. Hope you black plenty of winners and we'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast.